Hey, what's going on everybody? Uh, we are coming to you live from American Top Team here in Watertown with episode 37 of Cage Side Combos. I'm Rick Huntsman. What's up, this is Quince. And uh, so this week, we're gonna talk a little bit about strength. We're gonna talk a little bit about uh, kind of what it means to be, what it means to be strong and just uh, different areas of life. Um, so, uh, Kind of we were talking a little bit before before we turned the camera on and what happened is uh, the other day I was um, I was doing some strength training myself and uh, I've been reading a lot lately about um, just kind of overall athletic development and the basis of all athletic development of, of sprinting of jumping of throwing of anything athletic that you're gonna do is uh, strength is physically being strong right mm -hmm. and it's uh something that's neglected a lot in sports these days or um, you see a lot of early specialization in youth athletes and uh, so like six or seven years old they start playing baseball and that's the only sport they play for their entire life and inevitably they end up getting injured you know uh, so kids are getting injured earlier uh, having more severe injuries um, and you even see as a product of that uh, professional athletes seem to be getting hurt more frequently and stuff um, and a lot of times it it's a uh, byproduct of not strength training in the off season or strength training during the season or uh, cross training and developing themselves in, in other aspects, right? And just focusing on, on one sport. Um, so that kind of, you know, kind of got me thinking of, uh, you know, just, see, just the importance of having a strong body mm -hmm. and being able to perform kind of other tasks, right? Uh, but, obviously is with most of the things that we talk about the metaphors that we find in the weight room or on the mats or through uh like our musician or uh like musical experiences and stuff like that artistry yeah uh always, there's always metaphors for it in different uh areas of life yeah. you know so um kind of started thinking about well if if you want to be successful as a person mm -hmm. um logically it dictates that you need to have a strong base sure. and kind of started thinking about maybe uh, what what that entails yeah and um, and I think it always entails different components of life right just like you know when you're talking about strength training and strength foundations um, there are different components of that there are you know uh, actual weight uh, uh, you know weight strength and muscular strength I think there's a strength in like flexibility, um, you know, and being agile, which I think uh, can keep those injuries down. Right. A strength in endurance, right? You know, and these are all individual kind of points in which have their own foundation right. uh, to build upon. And I think same thing goes for being an artist. Right. You know, there are um, di different strength components, and whether that's uh, so, say for a performer or for a writer or a poet, uh, your use of words and your understanding of words uh, I think is a strength uh, your ability to overcome fear and get on stage and perform uh, just in general you know takes a form of strength um, you know as does uh, endurance and things like that so I guess when um, obviously physical strength is, is very commonly understood mm -hmm. you know what it, what is it what does it mean to be strong it means you can lift a lot of weight right? right but when you start 
expanding the definition of strength. So the way you're saying is, uh, you know, overcoming that that fear of getting on stage is a strength. Well, now strength doesn't mean physically strong because it doesn't matter how physically strong you are, right? right. So it's mental strength, right? But uh, it's it's fortitude. So I guess maybe strength can be defined as uh, an affinity for a specific area, mm, like being, being good like at that. something, right? So sure. that's that's how we de can define strength. Okay. Right? So, uh, you know, for, for you, one of your strengths is you're, you know, you're well-spoken and you have uh, an affinity for understanding language or being able to uh, express yourself with language. I think that one. Right. I, I think it's that one, you know, because I don't, um, there was a point in time in which I would, my head would be in the dictionary, sure. you know, and writing things down, you know, highlighting and, you know, taking notes on it. And even throughout life, even when I wasn't as adamant, it still was a joy of mine to come across the word I didn't understand, the one that I thought accentuated right. uh, the, the phrase or whatever they're trying to get across. And right. so I would take that initiative and go and look it up. So right. there's always a part of that naturally that stays with me. But I think ultimately what it comes down to is individual ability to co communicate right. what I see, you know, express what I see and how I interpret things. So that's, that's interesting to, to kind of put that back in terms of the metaphor of the weight room, mm -hmm. right? If you want to become stronger at expressing yourself, you put in the reps and you're, uh, you're incre essentially, metaphorically, you're increasing the weight sure. every rep because yeah. you, you're, you're reading more, you're learning more, and you have to push yourself harder to find a new word you don't know, right? Absolutely. So um, for anybody that's ever done any amount of strength training, when you first start, what happens is say, you know, the first day in the weight room, you, you bench press 100 pounds. Well, the next time you go in there, you can bench press like 135. The very next time, all of a sudden you're at like 155, you're like, oh shit, I'm getting stronger right. in leaps and bounds. I'm mm -hmm. physically getting stronger. Well, first time you open the dictionary, in the first 20 pages, you learn, you know, 30, 40 different words. You're like, holy shit, I'm, I'm gonna learn all this stuff real quick. But mm -hmm. the more you learn, the stronger you get in that area, the harder it is to push yourself to that level where you don't know something, right? So. Uh, we talk a lot about discipline, so whether we're gaining physical strength, or mental strength, mental fortitude, uh, we're enhancing our ability to express ourselves, it mm -hmm. takes a certain amount of discipline because at a certain point, you stagnate and you plateau. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the basic understanding of, of words, mm -hmm. right, is your, your building block. Right. Because just because you know all these words doesn't mean you can put them together yet either. Exactly. You know, so it's just like an athlete needs to be strong Mm -hmm. But if you're, you know, if you're a running back, it's it's good to be strong because those are your those are your words. Those are knowing what the words mean. Right. For your ability to, to make cuts and to read a defense and, and to you know drive or the mental mm -hmm. fortitude to keep you know keep your legs pumping when you run into the line or whatever. Right. All that is the next step. Is sure. how we put it together. Yeah, putting all those right. components together. So it's taking your your physical strength, your foundation that is physical strength, mm -hmm. or knowledge of words, right? Yep. It's, it's putting it together into a metaphorical strength and affinity to express yourself or to perform athletically. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, and what I think is interesting is that, uh, you know, in the sense that you're speaking, you know, um, when you're trying to build strength uh, muscularly, uh, you're watching the weight go up yeah. week after week after yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. But for me as an artist and someone who uses words, um, something that might take a paragraph or a certain amount of words to convey years ago strength to me is now being able to convey that in one to two sentences right you know and whittling that down instead of 
you know, building more. Right. And I think uh, to have more meaning in one line, right. um, to me, is a form of strength, right. you know, in that respect. But that's interesting because now that calls into, uh, that brings into the conversation efficiency. Mm. Um, being, being strong with words, it can be seen as being efficient with language. Sure. Right? Sure. Uh, and then if you examine that in the, the context of physically lifting weight, mm -hmm. getting stronger essentially is making your, your body more efficient at moving weight. Sure. You know, so that's a, a very interesting way of examining it. And again, it kind of rounds out the definition of, of what it means to be strong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. Uh, I was kind of thinking about, um, you know, we, we talk obviously a lot about uh, music um, and being a, a bass player. What I found is that uh, when I set, when I set my guitar down for a long period of time and I come back mm -hmm. and I start playing, um, if I try to just go through and play the same amount that I used to right. for the same length of time with the same intensity, like when you play out live and the intensity is always higher, yeah. uh, what'll happen is, um, you know, if it's been too long, I'll get calluses, I'll rip my fingers open again, mm -hmm. or my, uh, like my arms will actually get tired. Right. Or my, my, you know, my forearms from, from playing, from moving around sure. the fretboard and stuff, uh, which is literally physical, physical strength. It's physical conditioning that right. it takes. And it's something that I, I, I've been playing bass for 17 years, mm -hmm. and I always underestimate that, you right. know, how much physical conditioning goes into it. Um, and it's always a reminder, you know, that, that physical strength plays a part into everything that you do. Yeah, and, you know, it's just that muscle memory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes, which, of course, you know, uh, practice makes perfect, and being able to keep up that continuity is good. Yeah. But sometimes I find that uh, taking a break from it for a little while. Okay. So for me, like freestyle, if I just, you know, just hanging out either with uh, friends or other artists or even if it's just myself and I'm freestyling for a bit, there's a certain amount of time in which I'll get better and better and better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it'll kind of plateau off and nothing new is necessarily coming to me. I'm right. kind of, I get stuck in these routines or ruts right. or I'm not able to expand creatively upon certain right. words. You right. might use the same. So when I take that time away, although I might not have that endurance, that you're saying um, right. that you were lacking, but sometimes I have this this freshness of mind and sure. clarity of mind when I hop back into it. So, sure. so yeah, and then now we now we have to look at uh, uh, mental strength mm -hmm. as well, right? right? Because I mean, because you know everybody says it's a cliche, your your mind is a muscle too, and your mind sure. needs to be exercised. But uh, one of the biggest things that's underestimated by everybody is rest, right? So. Uh, curious thing, and I, and I have to have this discussion with a lot of my athletes, especially uh, younger athletes, guys that are, you know, uh, well, I get women too, anybody that comes in and trains, that's in their, typically in their early 20s, early to mid 20s, is they just want to go balls to the wall all the time. Right. And I say, like, listen, you have to rest. Mm -hmm. Because you don't get stronger while you're lifting weights. Yeah. You get stronger in the recovery period, right? Sure. And so the, the way that strength training works is that we physically break our muscles down. This is muscular hypertrophy, right? So you can break your muscles down and then they have to be rebuilt and that's when they're rebuilt stronger. Right. So the same way like calluses work on your hands and stuff, you rip your hands all up, then the skin that grows back is stronger to cover for that. But if you just keep your hands cut wide open, they're never gonna heal. Right. So so you can uh, so you can lift every day, but if you're not getting the proper rest and recovery, <laughs> yeah. 
you're going to have a slower increase in strength yeah. than yeah. you would if you lifted three times a day with proper rest, proper right. diet. Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's that, uh, that, but that point of burnout that you're talking about mentally, yeah. you know, yeah. um, at a certain point, you have to take a step back. You have, you have to rest, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and you know, there's, there's no such thing as overtrained. It's just under recovered. Right? I like that. Um, so people that I'll have athletes that'll come in and say they're, they're doing sprint workouts like three to four times a week. Mm -hmm. No, man, they don't, you're, you're going to burn yourself out. It's a very high intensity exercise. So it's important to learn to balance that, but that's a metaphorical strength as well as learning to find balance. Sure. You know, it's having an affinity for understanding, okay, this is how much I can push my body. This is how much time I need to rest and recover. Mm -hmm. And, uh, which is why, you know, it's, you go into the weight room and some people love circuit training and I, and I do, you know, maybe once a week I'll do some kind of form of circuit training. But for the most part, when I'm in the weight room, it's regular strength training sets with, you know, one to two minutes of rest in between my sets mm -hmm. and letting my body recover even in the course of the workout. And then, you know, anywhere from, from three to seven days before I, before I work out that muscle group. Right, you know? right. Yeah, same thing with uh, writing songs. Uh, what do we got? We got Alex Slurry tuning in. What's up, my dudes? Have a great Fourth of July weekend and be safe. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Alex. You too, man. I think no matter when we when we turn on or how much of a break we take in between, Alex is always good for uh, yeah dropping in with popping a, with on, saying what's good. Always something positive and happy too, man. Alex, thank you for the shout out, brother. Hope uh, hope you have a safe weekend as well. Yep. I'm sure you're gonna be doing some very fun shit. Oh yeah, they've got the pool. <laughs> they got the pool over there. They've oh, got yeah. you know the whole family over on that side of town. Yeah. Um, good people. Good people. Good. Good um, but yeah, as far as overdoing it, overdoing it. Um, what's interesting to me because I think that's almost the difference between passion and purpose in a way. Because okay. I've been thinking about it recently and. Um, when I was first getting into this more often as far as art and, and, and music and writing, uh, I think my passion for it led me to do it night and day, night and day, night and day. And I didn't really care too much about rest. I didn't really take into consideration all the other aspects of life that maybe needed to be uh, kept in balance. But the, I, I was still able to get, you know, work closer to my 10,000 hours. Sure. So almost sure. obsessively with this passion, with this sure. emotional fleeting thing. Um, but the difference is now with the understanding of purpose uh, and understanding that passion is emotional. And one day you might wake up and that shit might be gone. Um, but I think purpose is something that allows me to look further into the future and be like, well, yeah, I want to get this done. I want to be at this level. What else do I have to do to make that happen? It doesn't always just involve, uh, involve writing song after song. Write a song when I feel it, go out and live life, you know, handle my shit, either work or within the family and things like that. So now the purpose and the longevity of that understanding for me, uh, in turn, help the quality of the song. So the passion never really goes anywhere. It keeps, I can keep utilizing. It's never all spent at once. And so when you were bringing up uh, some of the uh, younger students that come in that are balls to the wall and want to continue this chat. I think they're it, it's all off of passion yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it, it, it's that it just kind of sparked that to mind. That's uh, that's awesome That's an awesome way to look at it. Um, I'm definitely a little bit outside of the realm of, of how I examine passion and purpose uh, we, we talked about this a little bit too. It's um, there's a difference between emotional passion and purposeful passion 
Um, but, but I think, uh, so that emotional passion, I think, burns hot. It, it uh, feels a lot like motivation. Mm -hmm. It feels a lot like drive, right? And you see somebody that's passionate, and people often say that person is very motivated to drive forward, and it sounds a lot like uh, you're talking about that night and day grind, which is very motivated all the time, right. very passionate, but eventually it burns out. Right. Um, and it's interesting to hear you break it down like that, and you say that your, your purpose, what it sounds like to me is that purpose instills that notion of longevity, right. uh, and it allows for rest. I think purpose allows for rest in the way that you define it. Because it's equally as necessary yeah, yeah, as yeah. the work sometimes, right. like you mentioned. Right, so you, so you start understanding it in a notion of uh, uh, goal orientation as opposed to right. just having to get everything done now. Exactly. Because when you're passionate and you're emotional, we talk a lot about uh, the ephemeral nature of emotions, right? Mm -hmm. the short-lived nature of emotions. And if you have a feeling, because you know, I think inherently we always know that emotion is fleeting, that, that passion, that motivation is fleeting. Yeah. So we want to get everything done right now because we have our, our eyes set on what's right here. But I think once you understand that notion of purpose mm -hmm. and you believe in that longevity, right. then it allows for, for rest. Yeah, and, and that's, to me, a strength in experience. Okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, 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 experience yeah. and understanding, and these are different levels in which you don't really you're not put onto, you don't understand yet, you haven't gone to. So right. unless you've got a mentor or someone you trust, they can tell you and you can learn from that, right. you know, that's one thing, but uh, more often than not, you gotta find out by doing and by going through that right. work. Well, by, by lifting the weight. By lifting you know, by the weight. Metaphorically, by lifting the weight, by doing those reps, and by, by gaining strength. Sure, right, yeah, so, um, a very interesting thing, I, I kind of wrote, I wrote down before we talked, and I didn't tell you I wrote it down, and because uh, I just wanted to wanted to pop it up, um, but you kind of touched on it, and uh, I want to talk about cultivating strengths um, versus uh, building on your areas of weakness, right? So sometimes we say, okay, well, uh, you know, we talk about the port, uh, necessity of self evaluation mm -hmm. and of understanding where we're weak right. and where we need to where we need to grow, right? Um, so I think a little bit of what you touched on when you started talking about purpose was, okay, there's other areas of my life that I need to elevate so I can be better at this thing that I'm already good at. Right. Right. So for you, where do you think the balance is and what do you think the importance is of building on your strengths yeah. and uh, building areas that you're weak and how do you try to find a balance between them? Sure. Well, I think there's a natural back and forth at times at the beginning and I think naturally you tend to lean on your strengths and try to you know shy away from the weaknesses okay you know at first um, and sometimes what you're you know I don't want to get into that yet but <laughs> but, <laughs> but like that was a deep rabbit hole right but there. what I found yeah it, well yeah as everything is but uh what I found was that in Combating those weaknesses, which might even take less effort, if you can just get over that fear and combat your weakness, that automatically flips it and turns it into a strength. So, for example, um, you know, my approach to music. Sure, I could I could write uh, songs all day long. I could go in the studio and record them. I could record them at home, but ultimately. You know, when you think of the future, uh, ultimately I was going to have to hop on a stage and get in front of people sure. and do it and, and put myself out there in that way. So to me, that was 
a weakness. You know, I was, you know, young age, you know, very shy individual. You know, I always listened more than I spoke. And uh, while that was a strength in a sense, in times like this, and when I had to uh, hop on the stage and be in front of people and present something, I mean, that was just, that was the last place I wanted to be. So uh, that certainly was a weakness of mine until I understood through purpose that it was going to put me in that position. So if I could meet it head on, that would, I mean, just skyrocket me up as far as where I was at right then, you know. And so, you know, what, you know, going back to the JCC, I used the opportunity to take a public speaking course, right, and just talk about the shit that I knew of, right, you know. Um, so that helped the comfort level, and then I was able to transition that to the stage, right. You know, and once I got over that, things just kind of like kept snowballing. So, you know, so like I said, and then once, you know, once you tighten up some of these uh, weaknesses to go back to the strength, which is, you know, the fun part, uh, yeah. it, it kind of balances out um, life a little more. Sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's interesting because um, I definitely, uh, just kind of going through life, I always shied away from, from talking about my weaknesses or from focusing on them or from trying to build them because... Mm -hmm. Uh, I never wanted to be perceived as weak, right. you know, for, which I, I think is a lot of ego and I think there's a lot of stuff that, that we all kind of naturally go through. So there's a tendency to just focus on building our strengths, like what am I good at and I'm going to stay here, I'm mm -hmm. going to stay in my zone. And, uh, I've always been fairly good at having conversations with people, but usually on the end where I'm the one doing the talking. Right. Um, I think I have a tendency to I, I speak loud sometimes, if not directly, uh, or loud and directly. And um, but I had to take a step back and realize that sometimes it can be intimidating too. Mm -hmm. You know, six foot four, and I stand over people, and I usually carry myself fairly large. You know, and I I don't think that I'm shy in a you know in a one to one situation. And uh, so I think that what I perceive as being a strength sometimes would be almost overpowering and off-putting for the other person because I do have a tendency to talk a lot so I was very weak at listening and uh, once I got to the point where I, I realized that and realized that I would be better served not only to, to show compassion and empathy to the person I'm having a discussion with but I learn a lot more if I listen and once I started developing the strength as a listener I realized I actually got a lot better as a speaker too mm -hmm. um, now I think it's important to uh, to practice your strengths, right? So if we look at uh, um, when I have a fight or have so, especially uh, when someone's getting ready for MMA, mm -hmm. right? So it's mixed martial arts, obviously. So there's multiple disciplines that are going on at the same time. Typically, you'll have somebody who prevails in one area. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're a good wrestler. Maybe they're good at jujitsu. Maybe they're a very good striker. Maybe they're great at wall work. Maybe they're great at controlling the center, right? You know, maybe they're a good good kickboxer, maybe they're just, you know, good with their hands, whatever. So, when you have somebody come in, if they're naturally a wrestler, it doesn't make a lot of sense to try to make them a striker. To try to just say, okay, listen, we're going to go out here and throw hands. Right. Now, maybe on the amateur level, it makes sense to say, okay, this fight, I want you to test yourself. I just want you to go out there. You've been beating everybody with your wrestling. Go out there and do something different. Mm -hmm. But once you, you know, once you get to a professional level, and it is about winning, it's about getting to that next level, it's important to be strong. 
you know, you look at, uh, for those who follow UFC, I mean, the most stellar wrestler that there is right now is Khabib. And he just goes out there and he, and he wrestles everybody and grinds them for 25 minutes. And it's miserable. But he practices that. That's his bread and butter. But that doesn't mean he's not practicing striking. You know? So it's important to, to gain at least enough of an understanding that you know, the more you polish up your striking, the more your wrestling can develop. Because then the, you, know, you have more weapons that you can set up your, your, your ground game with. Sure. You know? Now, we might never go out and you know, win a Golden Gloves title as a boxer, right? but you can still become more well-rounded. And you know, the more you build up that foundation, the more avenues you have to get to what you're good at. Right. You know? So if you, if you just focus on your strengths, you have a pillar that just goes straight up. Mm -hmm. And if you get outside of that, you fall, you know, or it gets pushed over and you beat. But you take and you start developing your weaknesses, then you have more of a foundation, you have more to lean on right. when that, when your strengths start getting tested and you start getting pushed, you know? Sure. Um, so I think it's, uh, I think it's important not to get so distracted on only building your weaknesses that you forget about your strength. Right. Because then that becomes a weakness in its own right, you know. Um, and a lot of times, uh, naturally over strong is something you give me something to enjoy. Yeah, yeah. And so, and um, something else that comes to mind that I think is kind of interesting uh, that I thought of while you were talking is that, um, and you're absolutely right. You know, definitely adhering to your weaknesses and building them up. So you know, you know what they say that you're only strong is the weakest link type of thing. Sure, sure. But though also. As I think back, even to maybe what drew me to music in the first place uh, was that uh, it is a form of expression. And I guess, you know, I, always in conversation when I was younger, I was always the type to get to A to B like that. Yeah. Whether it was maybe the conversation or all the, all the small talk and bullshit, I kind of skipped over. So think of math class writing down the answer, but getting it marked wrong because I didn't show the work. Right. Or in some conversations, you know, I was just get to the point. People would be like, wait, I don't get it. Right. You know, I didn't follow these conversational steps. And so that kind of had me not raising my hand in class or not really speaking up, you know, in social situations. Um, and then I think music, that's kind of what it is. Having every line mean something and mean more than one thing and have, you know, people be able to interpret it differently. So. So in certain situations where that was a weakness for me to be in, you pick me up and you put me in another situation and it becomes a strength. Right. So I think that uh, always stood out to me as far as you know, turning your weaknesses into strengths. Right. You know, and, and there's always the little things to, uh, to, to hone and to uh, work on as far as technique and things right. like that. But I think environment, you know, and like yeah. I said, where, you know, what you're dealing with, I think we were talking a little bit before, you know, you, you put a fish on a bicycle and he's not really gonna go anywhere. Right. He's probably just gonna flop around on the seat or some shit. But, and then die. Yeah, and then die, you know, <laughs> breathing thing. But, you know, a fish in water is graceful, sure. can maneuver however it wants, and, you know, it, it's in its element. So, uh, I think that element is just as important as the word itself. What, um, what's interesting to me in, in that uh, is one thing I talk about, um, especially with my students who, who just started jujitsu. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a tendency because there, there's a lot going on when you grab, right? And I mean, e even in, in boxing, right? You know, so we, we spar in boxing. It seems like there's a lot going on, especially the other person's moving a lot. Right. It seems like there's a, there's a ton of shit going on, and then uh, 
in that chaos, we kind of kind of lose ourselves, right? We right. become the, the fish on the bicycle, right? So uh, what I what I'll tell my students, uh, like I said, very specifically in jujitsu, when they're new, is I'll say, if you don't know what to do, get back to a situation you do. <clears throat> Find a situation that you're familiar with, and you know what to work on there. Sure. Inevitably, what ends up happening is the longer we train, and the, the more practice, the more reps we get in, the more we build our strength. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the more opportunities we have to get back to a situation we recognize. Okay. Right? So, uh, for the, the fish on the bicycle, you know, it's going to panic. But if it knows, okay, all I have to do is figure out how to get back to that water, yep. right? That's all it's going to do. It's going to steer that bike into the lake, and then it's going to be back to where it can it can survive and where it understands, right? Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, obviously, this is a kind of a more cartoonish metaphor because we're not actually going to put a fish on a bicycle and see how this works, but right. the more times the fish gets on that bike, the more it's going to start seeing more avenues back to that water, right? And different, you know, different ways to get back there or different places that have water and places that it can be more comfortable and strong, sure. right? So when we, you know, we examine this as even from like a conversational aspect, I can, I feel, you know, comfortable now after... Uh, you know, 15 years of, of practicing conversation, of concerted, you know, concerted effort to become a better conversationalist, I feel like I can sit down with anybody and have a conversation where I'm not just a, a sounding board, where I'm not just sitting there dumb, where I can, I can provide something to the conversation, I can get something from it, because for me, I'm, I'm weak in most of the areas of my life. And the more that I, I learn about stuff, the more I find out I'm, I'm weak in Areas, right? There are very few things that I actually have a strength in that I can talk to with any kind of semblance of expertise in. You know? sure. Very few things, but I can always find something that I recognize in a conversation right. and relate it back to something I am strong at and at least have a conversationalist uh, understanding of it. I might be dumb, it might just be me asking questions, mm -hmm. but trying to relate it back to something I know. Right. Um, it's just finding where I'm strong and how to connect where I'm weak to where I'm strong, and that will help build from that. Exactly, you know. You know, and that brings me back to um, the public speaking class, right? You know, where I got to choose my topics, and I made a, you know, one of them I, I taught, you know, I taught everyone how to freestyle or what it was and how the left and right hemisphere of the brains uh, came together, and as it did that, it took focus away away from the prefrontal cortex so in doing stuff like that when people say they are in the zone and they kind of black out that's because their focus is going away from the prefrontal and everything else is working together so and that shit was interesting to me yeah and this is what I'm talking about because this is what I enjoy to learn about right. every day and then at the end I played a beat and everyone that had written on an index card I pulled out a card and was just freestyling off that so to me, it came natural, even though being up in front of the class was the last place I wanted to be. But right. if I had to do it, I was able to bring it back to stuff I knew or loved right. to do. Right. So that combination is how I got, you know what I mean? Yeah. How, yeah. how I got through it. Yeah. Um, super important. Super yeah. important is to find that comfort zone. Sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that, that's interesting because you know we, we talked a while ago about about comfort zones and how comfort zones can sometimes be be a weakness, mm -hmm. but in this context, you know, where we're strong, something we're good at, we can use that 
as a way to experiment with somewhere we're not strong, somewhere we're completely uncomfortable. Right. In that, in that chaos. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we can use that that strength, that strong point to find reliability and to, to get our legs under us a little bit and build. Right. So you took you you know your strength of freestyling, you hide it into your public speaking where you were not good, but then ultimately you got better at public speaking. Sure. You know? And I, I want to say strength of freestyling, probably love of freestyling. <laughs> well, um, it's get that, make that clear. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I'm strong there, but uh, the the thing is, what's what's interesting to me and something I I love uh, and I love reminding myself of um, is that it's damn near impossible to practice something mm -hmm. consistently and not get better at it, not become stronger. At sure. It. You know, you might never think that you're good at something, mm -hmm. but you're always getting better. Sure. You're always getting better. And someone who never freestyles, if you and I sat down and you're like, come on, Rick, freestyle with me. I, one, I would say no. And right. then very shortly later, you'd find out why I said no. Right. Because, you know, that's something that I have absolutely no no strength in. Yeah. But, you know, if I don't like comparison uh, mindsets, you know, but sometimes we need to remind ourselves that we're not just, we're not brand new at something. Sure. There are a lot of people that don't do what we do, and there there is a certain amount of strength that we require in our and uh, what we would consider our strong suits. You know, and it's important to remember sometimes. You know, say, okay, well, I, I used to be back there, and now I'm here, and understanding that yeah. you know, strength is a, a progression. So, and you know, it's important to keep in mind because we're living every day in the mirror as individuals. So, like, whether you're trying to lose weight trying to gain muscle or get better at whatever craft, uh, you're seeing it every day. So right. you don't notice the change. Uh, but after a certain amount of time, you know what happens when you go and hang out with friends or you see family or when you hit the stage and you see the reaction yeah. and the response. You're like, oh shit, I yeah. something changed. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but something changed. Yeah. But you know, having that happen time and time again um, you know, helps you do, again, you know, trust in that process of what yeah. end up doing. Yeah. Um, but but that's great to because sometimes it's it's easy to get lost in man I'm not going anywhere yeah. it's not leading me to anything yeah. um, you know I'm kind of getting hung up on that but right. having that strength and experience uh, allows you to find little things even on your own as far as check marks or checkpoints yeah. uh, that you can pay attention to yeah. to know that you know that progression is there yeah absolutely absolutely yeah but yeah it's, I, I mean strength and Anything isn't something that's going to happen overnight. Right. You know, you're, you're not going to you're not going to walk into the weight room and you know struggle to put up 95 pounds on the bench one day and then the very next day you know PR at 250. Sure. You know, it's not going to happen. Overnight. Sure. You'll like I said early on, you always see a lot of progress, um, but you know you go through. Uh, typically for me, when I was uh, when I was strength training consistently and that was my only discipline, usually about every six to eight weeks. I would uh, take a rest week, just com completely not train, or I would do like a deload week where I would just do some really light, like calisthenic stuff. And then coming back, I would almost completely change my routine. And as soon as I would do that, I would suck at it. But six to eight weeks later, I'd be awesome at it. And then I'd take a week off, and then I would completely change it again, right? Sure. So, uh, but overall, I, my strength was you know, always going up. But it's important to, to understand that in order to to continue to gain strength, we have to change up the routine sometimes. You know, we, we have to challenge it, and we have to put ourselves back to square one sometimes. Yep. 
but our new square one's not going to be the same square one we were at at the real square one. Yeah, day yeah. one, you know, our, our new day one's not going to be the same as our old day one. Right. You know? Correct. And uh, but you know, keeping keeping in mind, like you said, tr trusting in that process and understanding that it's exactly that. It's a process. So. Sure. Uh, and like I said, I, I love that that metaphor of the physical strength. You know, what what goes into building physical strength is the same thing that goes into building our metaphorical strength and our affinity in, in any skill set or in any aspect of life. Yeah. Um, and giving ourselves just a, a good, strong foundation to build on. Yeah. You know, and each I like what you when you were talking about reading the dictionary and to me, that's the, the strength. You have to understand words before you can put them together. Right. <laughs> you know, and math. You have to understand one plus one before you can start putting it together into algebraic equations and doing calculus and doing, mm -hmm. you know, Stephen Hawking physics and shit like that. You know, right. uh, striking. You have to know what a jab is. You have to know what a cross is. You have to know what it means to move your head before you start putting that shit together. Mm -hmm. um, then uh, a lot of people have been talking about Tyson lately because he's kind of popping back up doing a lot of training and yeah, shit like so that. that. Man, the first day of Mike Tyson training, it looked like that, you know, but he still, he, he put in so much work to developing that strong foundation that now being in his 50s, he looks absolutely terrifying. Yeah, monster. You know? <laughs> but so, every single thing that we do, there's a very basic building block yeah. of what it means to, to be strong and to develop, you know, strong foundation, strong fundamentals in any aspect. Yeah. You know? And that's the focus, man. And that's the goal. Absolutely. Awesome. Cool. What did you say? Love it. I think you brought it right back around. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, it was awesome. Quince, man, uh, always appreciate the time, man. Appreciate the conversation, yes, my friend. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, thank you guys for, for tuning in and uh, probably be on kind of this bi-weekly basis as we go. So sure. kind of digging this, kind of just flowing with it a little bit. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for, for tuning in, for supporting us, and for, you know, even after all the, the inconsistency, giving us a platform to practice building our strengths sharing that process with you guys. There it is. Appreciate you guys. We'll catch you.